is that Lego in my coffee? Single father, homeschooling three children. What is happening? Daddy homeschools. Hello, Daddy homeschools here. Daddy's got a frog in his throat here. Because he's got a cold. Because his children gave him a cold as a gift. Kids will get up in about an hour. It's about 6.30 right now. So I've got an hour to lay some truth down. Give me the mic, bro. I'm never hesitant. I'm heavenly reverent when it comes to kicking lyrical rhetoric on the evidence of the incredible medicine sent from my heavenly father, edible bread and water. Just taste it. I had a student. I rapped to my student yesterday in front of his mum. And he was like... <laughs> and he was like, stop. Dead serious. Dead earnest. Stop. I was like, okay. And I had another kid call me Miss. Miss? I have a moustache. It's literally the first feature when you notice that you, when you're talking to me. Moustache. I have to be like, uh, ladies, eyes up here, please. Because they're always staring at my moustache. It's a real problem. I could shave it off. I could just... I could leave the sideburns. That could be like a, I could set a trend. It could be like a homeschool thing. Instead of a uniform, you have sideburns. Every every homeschooler in the world just has sideburns to distinguish them. Anyway, daddy homeschools. <clears throat> Too cool for school. Forever. Resident ed educator in this house. Two-star kayaker. Pancake entrepreneur. Okay, I'm not that... But it sounded, it just came to me and it sounded really good uh, in my head. Yesterday, we have this new thing that I don't know how we're going to do it now with the new restrictions. There's new restrictions with coronavirus and stuff now with a second wave and all that. But yesterday, so we had this new thing in church where you sign up to host. And we had a friend over for uh, lunch and... So my five, my three-year-old was talking to her, and he just came out with right in the middle of lunch. Don't don't know this guest very well, by the way. And he just came out with, "We have a man, uh, uh, has no penis." And she was like, "Oh, really?" And he pulls out a Lego man, and he's like, "And, and, has a hat." Oh, that's nice. And then the other, <laughs> and then my five-year-old pipes in and he's like, and I live in South America. What? What are you talking about? She doesn't understand your sense of humor. Stop. It's like my student. Stop. Stop. You're embarrassing me. I'm sure she'll soon understand my uh, kid's sense of humor which is pretty much along the lines of words say words random words any random words <sighs> guests uh, it's like the time when my um when my friends came over from church 
And my son said, just randomly, <laughs> he said, Daddy has 40 ladies in the bathroom. What? I said, what are you talking about? And he said, uh, uh, he looked embarrassed. And and no one, no one in the bathroom. Scrap that. Nobody. Just joking. To this day, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and no one in the bathroom. <sighs> anyway, after lunch, we went out for a walk and we found this. The biggest mushroom I have ever seen. It'll be on one of my YouTube videos coming out soon. It, we found out it's called a giant puffball. We used the um, a, an app that identifies plants. It's really good, by the way. Check it out. It's called Seek. Um, not sponsored or anything. Just Seek. Act. Uh, it's called Seek by iNaturalist, I think. Has anyone seen this mushroom before? The giant puffball. It looks like a football. It's about as big as a football. I'm. It's just crazy. And it feels like a football. It might be a football. <laughs> It was not a football. We cut it open. It was definitely not a football. Um, if you have seen this or even eaten this mushroom before, you've got to DM me because um, this was crazy. Anyway, so here's a question from Emily on Instagram. She says... Hey there, quick question for you. My children are three and two, and I'm trying to start preschool things with them at home. I've always wanted a homeschool and figured this way would give me a good feeling of whether it or not it's right for us. The problem I'm running into is my daughter, three years old, will be super excited about something one day and the next day not want to do anything. Any suggestions on keeping her interest? I'm thinking of maybe doing school, like uh, letters, numbers, colors, science, basic preschool science, and Bible every other day, so just three days a week, and only doing it for an hour or so in the morning, and then on the off days just doing fun crafts and going outside and exploring and stuff. What do you think? I want it to be fun and exciting for her, and want her to learn, and also I think there is a, a lesson to be learned about persevering even when we don't want to do something. My son, two years old, is basically just along for the ride now. <laughs> and we sing and colour, etc. Sounds sounds a lot like our preschool days, Mrs. Emily. Thank you for this question, by the way. Um... And it sounds like you have some really good ideas and, and uh, good basic structure there. And I'm sure you, you'd be willing to modify as you go along and you, your daughter feeds back. And, um, those early days can be really intense. With the, there's just so much physical needs to be met. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of carrying in a sling. I remember you know, feeding, hugging nappies, 
having to go out for a walk just when you thought you could settle down for a nap, etc., etc. You know, it's life, the rhythm of life is going to get in the way of um, those formal times of work that you might plan, probably. And that's actually really good. Your everyday life is really good soil for the seedlings of formal work. Those focused times of learning ought to grow slowly, I think, out of that rhythm of life. Um, so f I would say first focus on getting that rhythm of life um, going and try and explain try and explain what you're doing um, with when you're when you're cooking explain out loud when you're cleaning um, how you how are you doing things how are you making decisions explaining why you put um, a little a little on the plate rather than loading it up high that's a little maths seedling explaining why where that airplane might be coming from it's a little geography seedling you know explaining what the washing machine does a physics seedling explaining why we must nap the two-year-old instead of going out for the park right now it's a seedling it's a morality seedling of how we treat the, the weakest among us um and when you develop that, you, when you, when you talk that way, you're developing a texture on top of your life, a texture of of curiosity and and of communication, articulation, working together to figure out the world and to serve people. It will be it will be a new intentionally wrought shape to your life of learning rather than a separate uh, lesson not that that's exactly what you were thinking i'm just ranting here and that will lead that that new texture to to your life of learning about the decisions mummy's mummy is making that will lead gently into more focused work. Like you said, Emily, a, a little bit of numbers work and colours and science. And it will feel like it's growing out of your life together. Helping you to understand and develop in your life together. Um, but let me tell you look at me straight in my eyes not my tash my eyes this is really hard when I'm loading the dishwasher and there's something on the hob and I'm thinking about nap time and someone is whining to me and someone's running outside into the road and I need to organize next week and there's just layers and layers and layers and layers and I'm crying I'm tired from last night because of the crying I don't want that extra layer of having to explain the washing machine, and I still struggle with this. When I'm loading the washing machine, I just want to be loading the washing machine. I don't want to be having to think about other things, but this is actually one of the most powerful things about homeschooling, is, you, is that learning grows out of life 
And when learning grows out of life, I think it could be life-giving in a specific and powerful way. So it's hard. And those focused uh, little periods of formal learning may well work really well for you, but I'd encourage you, if you have limited energy to put into it, which we all definitely do, um, prioritize education being a texture that you develop on top of your normal life together over um, those sitting down and learning moments, like focus moments. I mean, both is ideal, but at first, develop that texture. This is why people make the specific times, because it's easier to coordinate off that way, and even easier to make specific places of learning. Go to schools. It's t very tough to integrate your children into your life. But it's also the most powerful thing about homeschooling. Learning will be life-giving when it starts being life-oriented. You asked about helping her to persevere with uh, these activities that you're organizing and I I want to give you a couple of tips for this um, but before I do I want to quote to you the first deaf blind person to earn a Bachelor of Arts degree Helen Keller and she's speaking here of her teacher who came to stay with her when she was young she was six and taught her the, taught her language by spelling into her, her hand. Keller says of her teacher, quote, she realized that a child's mind is like a shallow brook which ripples and dances merrily over the stony course of her, its education and reflects here a flower, there a bush, yonder a fleecy cloud. And she attempted to guide my mind on its way knowing that, like a brook, it should be fed by mountain streams and hidden springs until it broadened out into a deep river. Love that image. Kids are like little rivers at this age. Reflect, here a tree, here a rock, here a fleecy cloud. They wind and wander merrily, and eventually, having been guided beside many lovely objects to reflect. They broaden out into a deep river. I wouldn't worry too much about creating the depth directly. In other words, about creating intellectual discipline, about perseverance, attention span, this is not the sort of thing we are directly in control of. These things come from many years of encountering things worth reflecting. 
encountering meaningful learning and and deepening we deepen our methods of reflecting in order to accommodate our deepening understanding of those objects reflected let me explain it this way i was i remember growing up as a late teenager people told me that i need to become a man now and i need to um start to be more disciplined and you know put away childish things and stuff like that and i remember thinking i don't care <laughs> i don't i don't care about discipline i don't care about being a man whatever you think that is i don't care about these virtues in themselves that you're telling me to have put me in the way of something worth growing up for i grew up when i had kids because i needed to be disciplined and to be a man because i wanted to be a good father to my kids because i saw the value of 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 fatherhood because i saw and encountered the things worth being a good father for i grew up not because i wanted to grow up i grew up because i needed to in order to serve and understand my children uh so we we should be developing intellectual virtues um when we're learning but we're not in control of of those virtues neither the educator nor the child is in control of attention spans of perseverance of the ability to learn of a child's inbuilt barometer for meaningful discovery we are not in control of that what what we can do is step back from their attention span and say and model meaningful learning we can model the seeing eye the hearing ear and put them in the way of things worth seeing guide that little stream to a tree over here a rock over here she may not pay attention to this for very long and then she'll go over here and that's that's what a stream does and we feed it with with you know the a, a mountain a mountain stream here and an extra river from over here and we bring them to this event and we take them to this woods and we help they we let them help our, uh, our cooking and cleaning and eventually that will broaden out and they will start to accommodate for a, a a life of learning and they'll start to develop the methods that they need to understand these things worth understanding the traditional way is to build um the knowledge and skills necessary to learn with the intention of one day encountering something worth learning i say build the learning brains by encountering things worth learning don't don't create the learning brain and 
and and say oh you'll you need these skills because one day you might need them <laughs> they will know what skills they need when they've encountered tasks that require those skills worthwhile tasks god didn't create believers and then display himself in christ on the cross he created believers by displaying himself in Christ on the cross. He didn't wait for understanding. He didn't create understanding first and then show objects worth seeing. The ability to understand comes from encountering the thing worth understanding. Okay, so the reason I'm insisting on this so much is I think this means priority goes to understanding maths in the kitchen while we're cooking for guests over and against circle time in the morning where it's just me and mummy doing maths because we learn maths because this is education. Okay, five-year-old, we've got a guest coming. This much pancake mix for two people, or oh, pancakes are on my mind now. This much pancake mix um, is for two people, and it needs two eggs. But I, I, want, um, I want to make enough pancakes for our, all of our guests. So I think I need four eggs. So I've, there I've modeled the decision, the types of decisions I make. I'm modeling learning and then i say can you see um what the recipe says does it need four eggs what about now when i make it for six people how many eggs do you think now it's not a test you are inviting them into not just preparatory work for serving people, but you're actually inviting them into the texture of your life, which is serving people. They are there with you, in the kitchen, hosting, blessing people, and you need maths to do that. So once that is there, once that soil is there, and they go, oh, I guess I need to know multiplication and division. I mean, this is mostly not a four-year-old thing usually, but a little bit later on, but the, the, the principle is the same. Okay, so I need to know multiplication and division in order to bless these folks. Um, so, hmm, multiplication and division is needed in order to serve and bless these folks coming over. Maybe we should go back next circle time and start to figure this out in a more focused way. So focus time does come, but it, it's born out of the texture of life that you're intentionally developing with them, of purposeful living that requires a deep understanding of the world. I'm, I'm ranting, Emily, and this is not necessarily that relevant to your question or anything, but I would encourage us 
to not get preoccupied by making sure that they persevere or making sure that they uh, have measurable progress. Um, certainly at preschool age, let's focus on the mountain springs, the long game. The long game is modeling meaningful learning and putting them in the way of things worth understanding. Okay, so I've completely forgotten what your question was, Emily, but hopefully that is somehow helpful. Um, okay, so once I figured out that I was not in control of my daughter's attention span, and that that's okay, I did realize there were certain things that I could do to foster um, a grit and delight and attention on our activities. Um, first thing that I realized was going outside. Um, our, our small, formal, contracted activities where we're doing tiny little detailed work with a, a pencil or memorization or, you know, small inside things that depended on whether she could then or beforehand expand out in nature and spend plenty of time thrashing about and jumping off and shouting and screaming and smashing things and climbing trees. She needed to expand enough before she contracted. Um, so there's my first tip is expand give them enough space to expand and that will enable the contraction um, and then also make everything physical even when you are contracted make it make it a drama so um, your brain is organized by your body and this is true for adults not just for, for children but um, when you know we for example have a timeline that spans the whole house so we actually run to go to 4000 bc and then we run back to the dining room to go to where jesus was born and we have a play about cleopatra where we perform the whole thing and you know my daughter falls over when cleopatra is poisoned um, I found that she has a longer attention span when she can act things out, and it's a drama like that. Especially if you haven't been able to make it out into the forests today, for example. Um, the other thing, and this is probably the most important tip I have for preschoolers, is make your lessons short and frequent. So I, well, I guess this is a this is not a tip for attention spans. This is like a concession to the fact that preschoolers don't have attention spans. So, two minute lessons repeated frequently throughout the day. So, can you see these lines on the whiteboard? I can count up in twos: two, four, six, eight. Okay, then you get up and you do other things. You grab a snack and you go over to the books. See these books. I'm going to count them up in two, four, six, eight. Two, 
for and you point to the books. Um, if we go upstairs a couple minutes later, you say, do you remember two, four, six, eight? And she says, yeah, two, six, eleven. And you say, oh, yeah, nearly. And then you go in the car and you look outside and you say, two, four, six, eight. It's still, you're still modeling it, really. And then you go to the forest and you grab two sticks and you say, here's two. Can you do four? And then you start to invite her to do the same. And throughout the whole day, you're doing, you're repeating a tiny little, I mean, it could be a six second lesson, but you're repeating it over and over and over and over and over again. Frustrating for the adult, but very important for a four-year-old. So as short and frequent as you can, and obviously integrated into life if that's possible. Well, I hope this was helpful. Um, if you have any questions, I'd love to answer it, folks. Um, as always, daddyhomeschoolspod at gmail.com is where you can send them. Or find me on Instagram, if you want, at daddyhomeschools. And just preface your question with, here's one for the podcast, or something. I'm really enjoying making YouTube videos, by the way. Oh my goodness, this is... I would totally do this full-time. I remember once getting a career um, test when I was a child of, like, what... My mum wanted to find out what people thought I, um, I was suited for in terms of career. And I answered a bunch of questions. And it came out with film director... This was when I was like seven or something. And my mum was like, seriously? That is not helpful. He's not going to be a film director. And, um, well, sure enough, I think I would definitely enjoy being a film director. Probably not in any time soon, though. Well, it's 7.20. Kids are getting up in ten minutes. Wish me luck. What are we learning about today? A word and works of Lord. Yeah. And how are we going to do that? Oh, um, Working. Working truth and justice with him. Exactly. And why? That all nations sing his name. Okay, well done. Mm -hmm.